Hello, hello, and welcome to Alters and Oilt Reloaded. As always, I'm Alters, and I'm joined by Oilt the Artist. How are you doing this morning, Oilt? Good morning, everybody. I'm doing pretty good. It's a bit windy today, actually, last night and this morning. I don't know if you noticed that at all. Oh, yeah, we noticed it. Our place is <laughs> a little bit old, and the windows aren't too solid, so there was a lot of shaking last night. Are Scary. You know? Oh, that would have been very interesting if you guys were still in the van. Yeah. Oh, no, we've had nights like that in the van. <laughs> How do the dogs take that when they're in the van? they freak out a little bit or? No, nah, they're pretty good. Not too bad. No, they're pretty good. Pretty good, actually. Wind doesn't bother them. Just people making sounds. But the wind can sound like people. Yeah, true. True. No, if the wind where I'm staying right now blows just right and goes under the door, it makes the house sound like it's whistling. And that gets them going, yeah? No. Nah. Well, what's wrong with these dogs? Why aren't they getting up and about, getting upset? They do, but we tell them not to. So Evie's the main one. She's the, the main offender, the little chihuahua cross papillon. She's, They're both staffies, yeah? No, no, only Shiloh's the staffy cross kelpie. So as I like to say, he's got all the energy and all the yeah, sook. That, that cross sounds like a handful. <laughs> yeah, he is. But we love Very him. energetic and very strong bite. <laughs> He's a big sook. Well, how have you found the news this week? We're going a little bit different this week where we've not got one specific topic that we're going to go over. We're just going to go over a lot of the stuff that we saw in the news this week and have a talk about that. Yeah. I mean, right off the bat, the most, I think, protest is the first thing. Protest? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's the first thing that comes to mind. That was going on as we were recording last week or just after we finished recording last week. So, whoa-wee, was that a surprise? And I think they're trying to do another one today. Yeah, they're they're planning for another one today. I've seen a lot of good fake articles online. I don't know if it was the Patooter or Chaser or something saying New South Wales police have said that they're going to shoot at least one protester, so come out at your own risk. (laughs) The the protests have been the big news of of this week. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, It's a bit frustrating or silly i guess but i don't agree with the protests and i'm very much against animal cruelty i think it's a horrible thing that happened to that horse but that photo of that guy in the yellow singlet punching that horse is iconic (laughs) i feel sorry for the horse and he shouldn't have done it but it's a great photo future postcards paintings maybe oh christmas cards it'll it'll appear in a textbook somewhere (laughs) yeah used in new south wales police slides at the academy he didn't punch it though, did he? It was just a. What did, did you read? I don't know. From the photo, he punched it. <laughs> it was a closed I, fist or something. Uh, an open fist slap. Pretty, pretty close to me. Let's Google horse punch and see what comes up first. Horse punch images. Boom! There he is. <laughs> and let's zoom in on that. Enhance. Yeah, it looks like a closed fist to me, mate. <laughs> He's in jail. I don't think he got bailed, did he? Fair enough. Like I said, good photo, but fuck him. Is that on the Monopoly Square? Pick up a chance card, punch a horse, go to jail. (laughs) You were active in the protest. They should do that for like the Melbourne new edition of Monopoly. (laughs) Yeah, you play a very different version of Monopoly to me. You know, it's like the beauty contest. You came second place in the beauty contest. What's that? Just a ten dollars <laughs> secret way of the creators of Monopoly calling you ugly. The second's pretty good, though, and they don't say how many contestants there are. It's open to interpretation. Okay, very good. 
Uh, I saw a funny uh, meme for Monopoly. It was like, even a Monopoly has a universal basic income every time you pass go. <laughs> True. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, so the protests, it's going to be very interesting. And even for Melbourne, where we're looking really good, we're having low case numbers at the moment, we wouldn't necessarily expect to see additional cases arising from those until, you know, a week, two weeks later. So we're not out of the woods yet because of those protests and they may end up sort of plunging us back in. And then, but, I mean, we had nowhere near as many protests, I think, as Sydney did. Yeah. Although they did have that fire spitter out there, so he may have been burning the virus while it was in the air. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, I did see that guy. He got extinguished. (laughs) A cop just walked by with a fire extinguisher and just gave him a quick... Yeah, I think so. Excellent. So that's enough of that. (laughs) Maybe that's what they just need, just blast protesters with fire extinguishers. Look, the Chinese know how to break up a protest. Let's get the water cannons out there. Get the, the fire service out there with hoses. Boom, done. See you it's later. too cold to be getting wet. Yeah, that's true. And then have like giant industrial fans. To blow them away or to make them cold? Cold. <laughs> or, or both, okay. either either. Fair enough. Okay. Giant industrial fans and water cannons. Yeah, no? Well, I don't know, man. Maybe we're overthinking it. Maybe clubs and batons work pretty well. Just, uh, yeah, I don't know. The classics are classics for a reason. Or, or just like next time they protest, just barrier off those sections of the city. Then they'll just go to different areas. Oh, well, as in like fence them in? Yeah, fence them in. <laughs> so you got free-range assholes. Oh, no, they wouldn't be free-range because they're paddocked, aren't they? <laughs> no, yeah, paddocked assholes. Is free-range paddocked or? Oh, I guess that'd have to be some sort of. It's just not caged, is it? Or Yeah. I mean, I guess that's cool. Well, we'll advertise them as free-range assholes, and you know, we don't have to worry about it unless someone complains or takes us to court about it. But who's going to do that? All the assholes are paddocked, exactly. And we'll just like you know, throw them a sandwich every couple of days. I feel that's more like a you know, chips and sort of kebab sort of crowd there. Real bogan food. HSP is HSP a bogan food? I feel like it is. Whatever bogans are eating nowadays, we'll chuck them that. Yeah, so that's the protests. Do you know how many people actually turned out for them? Because they had them in they had them in Adelaide, Melbourne, Sydney. Where else did they have them? I think every major city had them planned or advertised. I don't know. Sorry, because they accept. I was going to say, you know, I can't imagine too many people turning up in Perth. WA is doing it pretty sweet. Yeah, maybe they want to be in solidarity with their fellow protesters. Yeah, but you see, people like that don't necessarily care about other people. I don't think solidarity is necessarily their thing. Very true. Yeah, I think it was advertised or planned as every major city do this on this time in your place. And they weren't actually in unison because they didn't you know, understand time differences in different states? Probably, yeah. <laughs> There's probably people rocking up. <laughs> Where is everybody? Oh, boy. One story that I found this week that was of interest. Did you see Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney about Black Widow? I did not see that. I did see a headline about her, but I didn't click on it. Yeah, so she's Disney over their sort of dual release of Black Widow, releasing it in cinemas and 
releasing it for streaming on Disney+. Plus. Okay, does that affect her paycheck? So her team's alleging that it's a breach of her contract, and I think they're saying it's cost her potentially $67 million. That's a lot of wing-wangs. That is a lot of wing-wangs. That's a lot of hot dogs. Yeah, yeah. her team's told the journal that ScarJo has lost more than $60 million as a result of the Disney Plus release. Just on that figure, what kind of life do these people live? That's $67 million on top of the $20 million she had as a, like a base rate. Yeah, but $67 million. A good one. That's what you live. I can't even fathom the lifestyle in my head. Well, I, maybe she does Maybe she does what Dolly Parton does because Dolly Parton was apparently a big sort of contributor to vaccine research and literacy programs. She is a gem. She has her program or an ad or, I don't know, advertisement for her program came up the other day. I think it's until from the ages of there's a program you can sign up for with her, one of her organizations and they send you like book every month to your child based on their age from like zero to five or something like yeah. relevant for them to be i think that's great yeah like she's like i said she's like you said she's a gem she puts lots of money into the vaccine and like she was early on she was putting lots of money into that for COVID-19 and her reading programs helped you know hundreds of thousands of kids over in the states read underprivileged kids i should say but we don't know if ScarJo does something like that. She might. So Disney have shot back from that saying, so there's no merit whatsoever to this filing. The lawsuit is especially sad and distressing in its callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Disney has fully complied with Miss Johansson's contract and furthermore, the release of Black Widow and Disney Plus with Premier Access has significantly enhanced her ability to earn additional compensation on top of the $20 million she's received today. So essentially Disney's shot back and said, Ugh. There's bigger problems in the world at the moment, okay? Just calm down. You've got 20 million bucks. <laughs> However, there is documentation, I think they were saying, where, bear with me one moment, where they sort of talked about she was concerned about this all the way back in 2019. And what they've said is we understand that she didn't want it to be released on Disney Plus at all. And they said, yep, it's not going to be released on Disney Plus. It's going to be a theatrical release. And they said, we understand that should the plan change, we would need to discuss this with you and come to an understanding as the deal is based on a series of box office bonuses. But then they didn't do that and they released it on Disney Plus anyway during the pandemic. Hmm. Yeah, and probably what makes this... Oh, sorry, you go. I was just going to say, that's a, that's a sneaky one. And what makes this interesting is there's actually precedent for this sort of thing before. So... You were going to say something, go. I just burped. I was going to say, is the precedent, <laughs> is it, hang on, Robin Williams? No, but I do want to hear why you thought it was that. Because he had something similar happen with the genie in Aladdin. You going to elaborate on that, buddy? Or Oh, I wouldn't be able to, I'd have to, I'd have to dig to elaborate, but there was something, some copyright issues with the voice or the character. Because I know he had clauses in his contract about the advertisement of the movie using the genie character. Yeah, and I think they broke that. Yeah, so I'm not sure if it's a, I'm not sure. It's, sorry, buddy, I'm not sure it's a direct sort of related precedent or anything like that. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's just what came to mind. I just feel so, like it was... it's, a, it's a loose connection. They were both in movies. They're both yeah, about yeah. movies, entertainment things, and it's both Disney. Is it not? I guess. <laughs> Okay, give me the precedent then. <laughs> no, I don't think I can because the precedent I've got is much more directly set so or directly related, that's the word. So Warner Brothers 
have got a similar thing to Disney where they release movies to the cinemas and they've also got a streaming service, HBO Max. So in the US this year, they released their entire slate of 2021 movies straight to the streaming service, HBO Max, for free and they streamed them for 31 days on the platform. But Warner Brothers also renegotiated the contracts with the talent in those movies. So if your contract was tied to a box office revenue bonus or anything like that, they renegotiated with people so that they would, before they had that happen, so people wouldn't miss out on the money they were entitled to. Like, for example, Gal Gadot got an extra $13.5 million as part of the changes to the release for Wonder Woman 84. That's cool. Have you seen that? Uh, no, I have not. Have you? No, I haven't either. That was anticlimactic. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, what? God, I'll watch it this afternoon. Jeez, get off my back. So, I don't know, maybe this will, you know, start something for um, Warner Brothers in that DC universe. Maybe people won't want to work with Disney as much if they're doing things like this. Do you know Scarlett Johansson's... Scarlett Johansson's a bigger deal than you think. How do you... How would you quantify her as a movie star? Oh, she's up there. Yeah? Yeah, and so she's, she's pretty... What have I told you, according to Wikipedia, she was the world's highest paid actress in 2018 and 2019, and I'm probably guessing 2021 as well, if she gets them to pay her that $67 million or sues them and wins that. Yeah, okay. I can see that. Her films have grossed over $14.3 billion worldwide, making her the ninth highest grossing box office star of all time. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's mad. Well, uh, computer must be listening to me. I'm getting ads now for Scarlett Johansson is suing over <laughs> Disney. <laughs> it's a weird thing to be getting ads for, but okay. Yeah, or it's like it, it's it's in, in the the trending feed. Well, what about you? What other stories have you seen this week? Tag, you're it. Your turn, Tag, baby. I'm it. Damn it. Well, I haven't got any stories. I was thinking about making a movie. I probably do have stories. That's a lie. That's just what was in my mind at the time. All right, so we sort of sat down and we said, all right, let's both just look at some news this week and we'll sort of you know, go over And you did not. I did. I just looked at it and then I probably should have taken more notes. Probably should have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the Jimmy, we've, the, the oil that we've come to sort of expect, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. I've been busy. I've been looking at rentals. And? That's very stressful. <laughs> you have to fill in these forms and then they ask you to fill them in again and you're like, I just I just filled this in. Just let me look at the house. Can't you use one of those online systems where you fill it in once and then you just link that to every application? Yeah, I, was, I, I got to that point, but it just was difficult getting there, okay? Oh, you suck, dude. <laughs> <sighs> did, you, did you see Qantas lost a lawsuit with the TWU, the Transport Workers Union? No, that's the news to me. So what happened is that they outsourced about 2,000 jobs that were directly related to baggage handling, refueling, aircraft cleaning, stuff like that, to third-party um, providers. And it's been ruled that that violated the Fair Work Act. Fair Work Act. So the TWU, the Trade Workers Union, sorry, Transport Workers Union, picked up this action and ran with it and they've argued that Qantas the main reason that Qantas did this was so that they wouldn't have to negotiate collective bargaining agreements or essentially negotiate with the staff that were all union members and instead could leave it to a third party to do 
and it wasn't necessarily for the financial or business benefits of it. So what was it for? Sorry, what do you mean? What what was it for? You said it wasn't necessarily for the business benefits or the financial benefits. Yeah, and directly before that, I said it was so they wouldn't have to deal with negotiating collective bargaining agreements with a large body of union workers. I see. So that's what the justice or the judge ruling over it ruled. So Qantas said that outsourcing those hand, that ground handling work could save them about $100 million annually, but they couldn't convince him that that was the main reason they did it. And he thought that they it was still mainly due to trying to avoid collective bargaining and ease their part in industrial disputes. They didn't want to deal with a union. Back to the unions, is it? Pretty much. What did the TWU say about it? They had something to say about it, which I thought was interesting. So what's his name? Something Bornstein. Let me just find the lawyer's name so I can quote it to him. Josh Bornstein was the lawyer who represented the union in this. So Josh Bornstein said, the federal court has found for the first time that a major employer has sacked over 2,000 workers because it was seeking to deprive them of the ability to collectively bargain with the company for a new enterprise agreement. It is also the first successful challenge to a major corporate outsourcing exercise in 20 years. We put Qantas's outsourcing on trial and Qantas lost. Large companies have used outsourcing for decades to prevent employees from being able to collectively bargain with them. As a result, employees have lost the ability to obtain proper wage rises. Once Qantas outsourced its workers and sourced them indirectly from labour hire agencies, it did not have to bargain with ground staff again. So Qantas hasn't responded to the ruling yet, but it's previously said that they did this in response to COVID because they had to make major changes to how they operated to stay viable. And so previously they said... We recognise that this was a difficult decision that impacted a lot of our people, but outsourcing this work to specialist ground handlers who already do this work for us in other cities across the country is not unlawful. I think they've also sort of highlighted the ability to do that, have them do that work on a needs basis rather than having them like full-time employees that you have to pay anyway. Mm -hmm. If you've not got the need for it, you're only paying them for the hours they work, things like that. Excellent. And this has been ruled... Not in their favour. So it's a win for the little guys. Is this what is this what you're telling me? Yes, it's a win for the union. They won that case. Yes. Excellent. Where does it go from here? So there's no ruling on it as yet. So it means that those those employees could potentially get their jobs back or they could receive some sort of compensation instead. They haven't determined that yet. Okay. So it's still it's ongoing. Yeah, so it's a matter of sentencing now, I suppose, unless Qantas wants to appeal. I don't know how the process works, if they get to appeal first or they uh, sentencing happens first unless Qantas is ready with an appeal and gets it in. I don't know how that works. So we may hear the outcome of that or what the penalty is for it relatively soon or if they appeal straight away, I don't know if um, we'll hear that for a while. I wonder how they're going financially at the moment. Probably pretty rough. Yeah, I can't imagine they're doing too well. I just, yeah, I wonder how this is going to... Play, plan out or play for them. Surely they would have got JobKeeper or something. They did, they did get JobKeeper. I think there was some unhappiness about them getting JobKeeper and still cutting jobs. Uh, cutting jobs. I'm pretty sure they got... Didn't the airlines get a bailout of some sort at the start of the pandemic? At, at the very start, yeah. I just remember some... I do remember seeing footage of... I can't think of his name on like a 
TV talk show, and he's just like, yeah, let him fail. Just, just, that's how the system works. No bailouts. Let him fail. Someone else can buy him up. Yeah, they, they, they have just a headline here. The federal government's considering an extension to its billion-dollar aviation bailout as lockdowns around the nation threaten the viability of the airline industry. So they've already done you know, something for them. I don't know if that was something separate at the start of the pandemic or that was there. Do you remember their free domestic flights around Australia yes, the at the start tours, of the year, was it? The yeah. Leave from Sydney, land in Sydney, that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Actually, on the topic of flying in the news, I did catch an article. It's very unfortunate. So very sympathies, I think, guess is the word, go out to the family. Someone passed away in a skydiving accident down at oh. Tiger Moth World in, you know, Geelong Torquay, that one. Really? Yeah. Tiger Moth uh, conglomerate doing a good job of keeping that hush-hush. That's the first, first I've heard of that. Yeah, the, it was a tandem skydive and one person passed away and the other one's in hospital with injuries. Is it Tiger Moth World down there? Tiger Moth World down there. So I'm guessing the person who passed away was the one on the bottom, yeah? I I, didn't, I couldn't get that information, but... It's a fair assumption. Because they're, they're the one that lands. Well, I believe in this case they both landed. Yes. What do you mean they're the ones that land? Are you implying that one person just floats forever? Sort of. I'm pretty sure that... What? <laughs> or is it the back person? There's one person, when they're landing, they tell the other person to put their legs up. I'm pretty sure the other one person takes, like, the brunt of the landing, I guess. So they one person's giving another person, like, an uber piggyback. I think so. I'm not sure if it's a piggyback or if they're on the front. And then when you land, I think the one person puts their feet on the ground and then lets the other person put their feet on the ground. Because I think if you both try and do it at once, you, it can, you lose your balance, maybe. Or you just get your legs tangled up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I could see that happening. So if you're if the person on the front is the one doing the landing, they're giving like an aeronautical piggyback. But then if it's the other way around, it's like an aeronautical aeronautical baby. What are those baby straps called? Where you got the baby on the front? What is that? Baby carrier. Yeah, it checks out. <laughs> that makes sense. I don't, I don't have a baby. I messaged my sister. She's got a baby. How is the new baby? Yeah, he's great. I saw him yesterday, only on FaceTime. But yeah, he seems to be doing pretty good. Fair enough. Yeah. He's doing baby things. Not yeah, as, as babies will. Not crying too much, though. Apparently, he's been really good. Speaking of crying, did you see that uh, report from Michael West Media about John Barrow? No, is he crying, is he? Well, he might be because Michael West is alleging that he and his wife have avoided paying over $100,000 in GST from renting out that now infamous property where Friendly Geordies did that video. <laughs> I did catch a snippet of that. I didn't go into the article, though. Yeah, so they've looked at... So it's Callum Foote from Michael West Media. They've looked at pecuniary interest documents that were lodged with New South Wales Parliament. They've looked at the Australian Business Register, and they found that the partnership they trade that property under or rent that property out under, D. Barilaro and J. Barilaro, aren't registered for GST, so they don't pay GST on that property. So it's kind of interesting in that the ATO says that you only need to pay GST on a for accommodation if it's a in a commercial residential premises, and they um, define that as accommodation to multiple unrelated guests or residents at once. And once the turnover from rent 
of one of those premises is over 75000 a year, its owners need to register for GST. So this property that they've got, they bought for just over $2 million back in 2014. It's got multiple sort of houses on there, guest houses, things like that, that are all self-contained and they rent them out separately. So based on that, it would fit into that category. Mm. So, And on a um, real estate agent's site from 2014, it says based on well, – it says that it, the property is currently leased out for executive holidays and stuff like that and it generates income of over 160000 per annum. So if you say the estate's made the same annual turnover since 2014, then it should have had a turnover of about $1.12 million meaning that they should have paid $112,000 in GST in the last seven years. Yeah, that's, wow, naughty, naughty. Naughty, naughty. Having uh, to that, it's also been rented as a wedding venue, so I don't know if that comes with extra fees or whatever. And also on I, top of that, I don't know how they've been doing in the last couple of years with people not necessarily travelling a whole lot. <laughs> true, that is true. I'm very curious to see what happens going forward with Mr. Barilaro. Anything in particular? Just everything. I just feel like... He's it, losing it, it, man. Yeah, is this the end for him or...? Good question. If it's uh, if it's not, I think we're in a bit of trouble. I think if That's you can get away with this stuff, it's a dangerous precedent. Yeah, like is there any... Are there other people that have got away with stuff similar to this or is there just... Probably. There's probably people who've got away with stuff similar to this, but the way... I mean, through the courts as well. Well, this, this matter that I'm talking about with GST and stuff isn't before the courts, They've, and I suppose he's brought the rest of it on himself with his defamation case. I suppose the real question you're asking is, has any? what are the most sort of serious things that New South Wales ICAC has looked at or, you know, convicted people of? I don't know if that's the right word, or investigated people for and found them to be in the wrong. I mean, we don't have a federal ICAC, so we can't really say that on a federal level, but I think the wheel might be might be turning a little bit with this stuff, just with the access to information that people have. There's more independent news sources out there. There's more independent voices out there calling for this stuff, not necessarily news sources, but content providers like Friendly Geordies and other YouTubers and Twitter accounts and things like that doing their own investigation into things. It's not just relying on mainstream news. And then there's things like Michael West Media and Independent Australia and The Conversation and The Saturday Paper, which are all independent, traditional sort of journalist bodies. So the wheel might be starting to turn on this stuff and we're starting to hold people to more account. Excellent. Excellent. I'm also looking forward to voting, actually. I didn't ever think that would happen in my life. Oh, here we go. He doesn't like voting. Here we go. Jesus. No, no, no. You heard it here first. Oyot hates democracy. I said I'm looking forward to it. Don't twist my words. You said you're looking forward to it for the first time in your life. Yeah, that's good. I've changed. You haven't. So I have. I have changed. So anything else catch your eye this week? I feel like there's so much pressure. I should have been prepared for this. I knew it was coming. I'll tell you something that caught my eye this week. What do you think of when you think of gas in Australia? Like, we should. What do you mean? Well, you know how the federal government wants a gas-led recovery out of the... I'm not sure if they still want that or they were just laughed at so hard that they gave up on that, but I'm wanting a gas-led recovery out of the pandemic, wanting to invest more money in you know, natural gas and fracking and things like that. 
fracking. No, 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 no. That's a, not for fracking at all. I've heard too many. That's really d- damaging to the environment, isn't it? Fracking. That's a, one of the big. All I no, really know about it is that it's damaging to the environment. I've not actually looked into it that much. I don't know what the process is. I understand there's drilling and it utilises water somehow, but I haven't myself looked into it too much. So I don't know exactly what the concerns are with the environment. Okay. But would you, would you, when you think about Australia and gas, do you think we've got lots of it? Probably. And what do, you, we? Think should, what do you think should happen when you've got lots of something? Right. I feel like it's just Assuming if it's – if yeah, that's what I felt like. Assuming if it's – safe to use i guess we should use it sure but if is it safe well actually let me rephrase that question so if you've if your country's got a lot of a natural resource what kind of access should your citizens have to it we've got a lot of uranium don't we i don't think our citizens should have access to that damn that is a good rebuttal (laughs) what i'm (laughs) trying to get at is that we are the biggest gas exporter in the world uh by far yet Australians pay the seventh highest price in the world for gas. Right. Yeah, so that's that's shit. Yeah, that's shit. So if I want access to this gas money, do I have to invest or is that is it private? Well, I suppose because the energy market in Australia is deregulated. It's, it's essentially private. I mean, I'm sure there's some state and federal controlled aspects of the, the gas market, but a lot of it is a private market. So, I mean, if you can strike gas, if that's how it works, yeah, go for it. Can you invest in, like, AGL? Not that I want to, but... Could you repeat that? Sorry, what? Can you get shares in, like, AGL? You can, but I don't know if you can get share, Or if you'd have to get shares in two different... Or two different lots of shares, because AGL's split. They've got a now more renewable-focused business, and they've essentially split into a renewables-focused business and a more traditional business, I believe. Yeah. That's good. So their their share price plummeted. I mean, they just keep, they just keep losing money. Maybe that's you get them on the cheap now, and then in the future they're back into it. I mean, are there any really big leaders in renewables in Australia? I mean, what, well, I mean, I know there's a lot hydro of hydro plant. Yeah, there's a lot of areas and businesses and things that produce renewable energy, but all that stuff you sort of bid for it. I remember when we were working at Red, you know, Red committed to buying a lot of was it solar and wind and it was so cheap that they ended up buying like an extra 50 percent on what they planned to to buy i don't know if that's going to be the case anymore because i think people would have bought all that up i think with the added focus in the last few years of heading towards renewables more companies would be trying to snap up that stuff while it's cheap and it may not be as cheap anymore i think agl might have missed the boat there because that was their big thing they were not very you know renewables minded not very sustainable minded well, I mean, the name is what? Australian Gas and Lighting. To be fair, that name is like 100 years old. Or <laughs> also, what, okay, because what, we've both worked in the industry. Do you think that we need to have, what have we got, 60 different power companies in Victoria? This is just in Victoria, just in our state. Is that overkill? Do, should it just be how it was back with the, what was it, when it was just, you know, the you buy it, what, off the state, was it? The SCC or whatever it was called? So should it be regulated or deregulated the way it is now is essentially what you're asking? Yeah. Well, I mean, How do you feel? I think it should be regulated. I so think, you think a lot of this... You go. I was going to say, so you think we should have all the different companies? That is the exact opposite of what... It's deregulated now. I think oh, it should sorry. be regulated. Very good. Yeah, I think... The, I mean, that's what we 
pay the that's why we pay taxes so this stuff gets taken care of we don't want to pay taxes so that industries can get deregulated and then that money that our tax that industry that our tax money built up for so long becomes privatized with the promise of being cheaper then it ends up not being cheaper and we've essentially given up that investment that we've made our parents have made our grandparents have made in that infrastructure if you could guarantee yeah. me that yeah you're going to deregulate it and things are going to be cheaper and more efficient yeah if you could guarantee that but it never works out that way there's this myth never. that no there's this myth that industry or the the free market or whatever naturally heads towards efficiency and being cheaper but it's not how it works not at all it's like oh we'll create competition and drive down the prices that's the spin they play isn't it yeah like i was having a rant about online on twitter about petrol prices i was mm. having a discuss. i don't know if i was talking about this was i talking about this on the pod last week anyway um driving along saw petrol prices at a dollar 44 last saturday said to my partner god petrol why is petrol so expensive at the moment no one's going anywhere and she's like oh you know there's there's no demand they've got to put their prices up to sort of stay afloat and then i was like but then when there is demand, they put their prices up because they say there's a high demand. Like, you can't have it both ways. It's the perfect business model. It's bullshit. <laughs> Look, we just do what we want, all right? We know you need fuel to get to where you want to go. Pay us. Pay us, and he'll like it. <laughs> Thank you, sir. May I have another? That's yeah, it. You're no. on the blacklist. No petrol for you. You're on the blacklist. No petrol for you ever again. From, from BP? No, from anyone. Nowhere. No petrol. I don't know if there's any danger to them, but there's an old video when like cars were first invented and the guy's talking about cars that run with compressed air. So what it does is it's a big air cylinder and I think you release the compressed air and it like runs the motor. I'm not too sure how it works. I'm not an engineer, but I think that's the premise. And then they would have a little... Because as you release compressed air, it's... it's it gets cold. Mm. So there would be like a little section where they would have all the cold air going into. And he was saying you'd put all your alcohol in that section and your food and your chicken and keep it cold while you were driving around. And then <laughs> what a time would, to be alive. Yeah. And he was just saying there was just air compressor pumps everywhere. And that's how you would refuel. Where are you going with this story? <laughs> oh, I'm just talking about like air, man. That, it's like, well, yeah. Cool. Wouldn't that be better? I don't know how, how efficient are those sort of engines. I don't know. We just put compressors everywhere. Problem solved. Why can't we just do electric cars and put chargers everywhere? Or we can do that. Or we sure. can do that. Sure. Like we like we should be doing. We've got all this <laughs> old car manufacturing infrastructure that's no longer being used because we don't manufacture cars here anymore. And we've got all the necessarily necessary resources to make electric cars yet we don't make electric cars yeah we should be making electric cars in this country is that what we need to do we need to do do we need to step up to the game invest i don't know how to build a car that's right we'll we'll work it out i know the very sort of broad very 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 generic ideas behind a combustion engine but i don't know how well that applies to electric car i don't know how to make an electric car i'm sorry Teslas aren't patented, so maybe they? we can make like no. Nah. Yeah, they want. Well, then we have to. Then we have to support they, all those mines in Africa where they get their. Was it nickel or cadmium or whatever? Don't we have that here? Maybe. Probably. Let's just. So you're saying we should get our own children to be mining that stuff? Yeah. Good. Yep. Good call. 
no loot, then there's jobs. There's anyway, so back to gas anyway. for a second. So when you compare us to other major gas exporters, so we pay 550% more than natural gas exporters from Qatar. Oh, sorry. So when you compare the prices that we as citizens pay, mm-hmm. specifically on the East Coast, let's just talk about the East Coast for a second. We pay 550% more than citizens in Qatar who are a major gas exporter. We pay 500% more than Russians who are a big gas exporter and 300% more than the US. God damn it. Yeah, so we pay so much. So that's the East Coast of Australia. However, we on the East Coast pay more than wait, twice wait, 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 the wait. amount. You just said the East Coast twice. Say that again, sorry? You said we are on the East Coast, but you said that's on the East Coast. Did you mean the West Coast first? No. So that those prices I was talking about were the East Coast. So mm-hmm. we on the East Coast pay oh. more than twice the amount for gas than West Australians. So they've got a state policy that reserves gas for the people of the state before it's diverted for exports to foreign nations. We need that. Let's get that. How do we... I don't know. Probably vote the Libs and the Nationals out. Okay. Let's do that. Very good. I was already going to do that. Excellent. Yeah. And, and we're looking for more areas to frack for gas this year. Like this gas-led recovery, we're looking to you know, do more drilling despite the damage to the environment and despite renewable prices going down and despite the fact that we, us as a nation, we don't need it. It's businesses making money off this gas they're exporting. Australians don't need gas. We export so much gas. We could drastically drop the amount of natural gas that we, what's the word, mine or get... And we'd still be fine. We'd still have enough for our needs. Yeah. I could cover there. I was like, drill? No. Drill? Get? <laughs> Siphon? Uh, drill is a word. Extract? Ex- extract? Good word, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good word. Good word. But, yeah, it's gas businesses keeping those prices high in Australia by exporting it to other countries. Bastards. So, you know, well, there's a limited supply in Australia because we're exporting so much of it overseas. That was another article that caught my eye Very good. this week. Now I'm just thinking about all the lies of the prices being cheaper. All lies. Who? What price is being cheaper? Electricity and gas. If we have competition, it's just lies. It do, it doesn't necessarily work that way. Yeah. Like not when you've got a group of people. <laughs> Hold on a second. What happened? I stopped to blow my nose, but. Oh, very good. It reminds me of an episode of King of the Hill I watched ages ago. So the episode starts with the, the what's the, geez, the, the propane company that Hank works at dropping their prices really no low to match their competitors. Mm-hmm. And they, prices keep dropping across town and like no one's making any money. So Hank organizes a, a meeting between all the different gas companies. And they sit down together and he's like, look, you guys have got to sort out your Y'all got to sort out your differences, right? Because none of us are making any money. <laughs> Dang it. Very good. Um, and he sort of words it in such a way that it gives them the idea of, hey, if we all set our prices at a certain amount, no one else can get propane from anywhere else. We can essentially monopolize the market between the four of us, our four different companies. So he essentially starts a, a gas or a propane price fixing ring by mistake. And that's essentially what's happening here. All these gas companies... Saying like, look, we can keep the prices in Australia high by exporting gas, like getting more gas and exporting it to other countries. Like, it's not rocket science. 
Yeah, and they probably making money off that too. Yeah. And if we all charge, you know, similar sort of like we've all got okay, this is our base rate. This is where we all decide agree we're not going to drop below. And on top of that, they add in their secret, you know, pay on time. You get this percentage, but then it'll be off like only the this tariff or this supply or you know, not off the whole bill. Those extra things in to confuse the what's the word? Well, this is what you're talking about the the retailer side of things. I'm talking about the the generator, the provider, the uh, distributor. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like that—that that then has that flow-on effect down the line, potentially. You know, that's what I feel happens. They all have their different. Well, they can't do that anymore, can they? Well, I mean, if no, they can't. They shouldn't be doing that anymore in Victoria. Do I don't know about other states. Yeah, well, they got they get banned or sin bins. They get they get a red card, something like that. Uh, yeah, but I felt they like they you know have all their different charging. Because what you got, you got the supply charge and then the usage. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and but then they offer like different discounts off different parts of the bill. Yeah, um, you can't you can't get away with that stuff as easily anymore in Victoria after they sort of changed the legislation around that. I don't know about other states, but they're making it harder to do that sort of thing. Yes, but I was with that. I feel like they just add that in to make it seem more complicated or more confusing as well. Probably. Anyway, so you're talking about the distributors having this. Gas. Actually, not even not even the distributors. The a step above that, the producers, the generators. Okay, their little gas cartel. <laughs> yeah, that's all I had to say on that one, really. <laughs> so, how do you feel it should go? Do we just have the producers, and then the government buys it off the producers, or maybe the government should just be doing the producing as well? Or can they do that? Can they just skip that altogether? Nah, maybe maybe what you said, the government purchasing from the producers. And then redistributing it to us? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, if you've only got one domestic group that you can sell it to, the government, then you eliminate a lot of the sort of – you eliminate the broader market and you eliminate competition. Like, you've only got one group you can sell it to. You, there's no one competing to buy it from you. Like, that in itself would do a huge – would make a big impact on the price that's being charged. And then if the government were also to come in and say, do what Western Australia does, and say, all right, you've got to reserve this amount for, if you're going to mine, extract this stuff from our state or territory, you've got to reserve X amount for our citizens. That's the way it is. It's a bit like, I mean, Queensland have that, don't they? With Who have they got up there? They only have like that one person you can connect. It's not gas, but it's electricity. To, don't again, again, you're thinking retailer. Oh, okay. But I thought they were they had done that just so it would help with that sort of to keep the prices low. Or is it structured like that for a completely different reason up there? Don't know. It might be structured for a completely different reason. They may not have had gas for a very long time, so it, it was like a controlled, or it might not be profitable. If they never had gas for a really, really long time, none of the houses there have gas appliances. So a lot of companies might have said, well, there's not really a market for it. I'm not going to bother setting this up. And maybe only one company did do that. But not, but not for the gas. I'm, for their electricity, don't they have that? Or is it like there's certain areas where it's only one person you can connect with? But that, And I don't know. I can't remember off the top of my head if that's the case. But if that is the case, it's similar reasons. It might be that you know, oh, okay. there's not been people there for that long. There's not that many people there. And a company's like, well, we don't want to have to invest all that time and effort into, you know, 
working on the market there or capturing the market there. Only one company might have been willing to do it. Or it may be a controlled thing where the government's like, okay, we've got to bring electricity to this area. We're going to do a controlled rollout with this company and then we'll eventually we'll deregulate it. There could be lots of reasons you do it. Fair enough. Uh, and I think that's probably about us done before we head over time. Very good. Yeah, it's very good. Anything you wanted to add? It's going to bug me now, that company that I'm trying to think of in Queensland. Was it Energex? I think so. That name is familiar. Energex. Southeast Queensland delivering safe, reliable, cost-effective energy resources. Energex. Yeah, interesting. But, I mean, the only thing I would like to add, what's, what is going to happen if, let's say, we have a regulated electricity or gas or both, and then all these companies have to go away and it's just going to have this flow-on effect and then all the... All the like brokers, all the iSelects, all the choosy. Who are they? What are they going to do, Luke? What about all these jobs? Well, in terms <laughs> of the in terms of the retailers, there's no reason that you would have to get rid of a lot of those jobs. Those jobs could probably be redirected to the, you know, the government, the new the new regulated body that's doing all that stuff. You've still got the same number of customers that you've got to service. You've still got them. They just would be going to a centralized location. So you still need those people to do that stuff. As for things like choosy iSelect things like that, yeah, they're missing out on the energy market. There's still all these other markets that they can do that with. However, those things are a scam. Like They put forward their preferences like, okay, this one's your best option, but that's the best option of the ones they have available, and they only have ones available that pay them to be available, things like that. You can't trust that sort of stuff. You're better off going to each individual website, each individual provider, and doing it that way rather than going through an iSelect, choosy, or what have you. I thought you were just going to say, fuck them, just fuck them. No. But you got Look, your that's, little... my, that's my default <laughs> position, but I did have a good argument for that one. <laughs> it's like, it's like um, another thing I was ranting about. Like They should have just put a bunch of – they should have realized that with the pandemic there were going to be lots of people out of work. So, great, let's do six-month contracts for you know 10,000 extra Centrelink employees or mm. 5,000 extra Centrelink employees, however many you need it, on six-month contracts to one – have people not being out of work and keeping some money in the economy, and two, streamline the process and make it more effective for the people who did need to speak to Centrelink or contact Centrelink or make claims with Centrelink so that they would be getting their support sooner and, again, put more money in the economy. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Definitely agree with that. Did You you had to deal with them the other day, didn't you? Yeah, I was on hold for an hour and I spoke to someone. And they said, yep, I'll just put you on a brief hold. Call disconnected. <laughs> and I said, oh, I'm not calling again. I'm not being on hold for an hour. So I was hoping that they would call me back. No, didn't call me back. Fun times. Fun would times. Just leave it on hold in the house and I'd carry on the day. Put in a pissy complaint online and left it and decided <laughs> I'll call them tomorrow at 8 a.m. when they should be quieter. Oh, and that worked out? Yeah, that worked out. That's all right. That's all right. Yeah, I think that's everything... Those are the main things that caught my eye this week. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Hopefully we can see some sort of deregulation. I don't see that happening anytime soon. <laughs> I don't know. We, we'll put it out there. We'll put some energy out there, I guess, some good vibes. Can yeah. we write, we'll write to our local members? Nah. You just got to <laughs> vote. First, you've got to vote. You've got to get a member that's receptive and a member that's in a party that can actually do some sort of change. So save it until Labor gets in. Okay. Very good. All right. Stay safe and stay informed.